I'm sure you've heard the letters SEO before. What you probably don't know is how often those letters change their meaning when you're talking about search engine optimization. Today, we are talking with Chris Williams, who's in the dogfight every day trying to help ensure clients use SEO the right way to optimize their business. All that and more today on the Marketing Mad Men podcast. They say marketing is a madman's game. So now we turn it over to the Marketing Madman with Nick Constantino and Trip Joe. Happy Saturday, Trip Joe and Nick Constantino here, uh, the Marketing Madmen, uh, recording here from the Battery. And, um, you know, I think one of the topics we hear a lot is SEO. Yeah. Right? And um, people they just, I think, uh, understand or think they understand the SEO um, and how, boy, this can change my, uh, you know, my business, my website. And I think it's one of those, you know, look under the hood type yep. things. And I, I just don't think a lot of people realize there's so much to it yeah but maybe more importantly how do i work with someone who really not only understands seo and what's going on but how can they relate and understand and make it work with my business yeah yeah and i think you need an analogy here so seo to me is the let's take the interstates of this country of how mass connected it is and how there's on and off ramps everywhere there's state roads there's city roads there's Mm -hmm. county roads there's bridges there's things out if you look at that mass if you didn't have a map and you just started driving that is like trying to find your website on the internet without any sort of SEO. You just start driving. Will you get there? Probably. A compass will probably get you where you're going, but you're going to be in parts of this country where you're going to be like, what in the hell just happened? So, you know, if you're in a space, a crowded space, if you're in a non-crowded space, it doesn't matter. If your system is not speaking to the internet of where you show up, you are screwed. And that is what SEO it is. It is optimizing your content, product, service, what you offer for the language that the internet speaks. Yeah, and that's it, it, that's oversimplifying it, but that is what it is. And and it's it's like anything else. It would literally be like me walking into Malaysia and trying to sell engineering products in English to a Malaysian person that only speaks Malaysian. It's just not going to happen. It's just there's no chance it's going to happen. <laughs> that's quite the visual. I'm, but you know uh, what I'm yeah, saying? It's just, no, never, it's just, no, I think that's a good way to put it because um, I think one of the things that you know over the years I've seen is the biggest challenge and where people get frustrated with SEO is, you know, they come back and go, oh, I hired a firm and I spent all this money and it really didn't, you know, it didn't bring me anything else. I got a lot of leads and guess what? The leads were from Malaysia or the leads were from And I'm just, just on fact checking here, the language is not Malaysian, it is Malay. Malay. Yes. All so right. I apologize, um, but we're fact-checked. Go on. Yeah, okay. Well, uh, we, I think, probably lost two listeners. So, that's okay. Uh, <laughs> anyhow. Um, but I think, you know, that's one of the problems is someone will go, okay, well, I'll, I'll set up your keywords, and they do it from a mass perspective. Or, okay, uh, we were talking a while, uh, one of the last episodes about, um, you know, playgrounds. Okay, we set it up for swing sets or whatever. Well, Guess what? You don't want to be showing up. If you're here in the southeast, you don't want to be showing up in Seattle and Oklahoma and paying for that. And I think that's what a lot of people forget and they don't really work around is do you have a geographic need? Yep. Do you have, you know, where do people um, how do they look at things? It's yep. not always, you know, the 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 keyword playground, except in some cases it is, but 
how do people search? What are they looking for? Do sure. you really understand, you know, what what their the end game is sure. that they're trying to find? Sure. And and don't assume Google knows you're in the southeast. Yeah. Don't assume that because if someone writes playground southeast, then you are shrinking your pool of what you're looking for and your comp- your competitive yeah. set also. So it, that that's the other part of this is, you know, ultimately Google, call what it is, the engine, they want you to be as engaged with Google as you possibly can. So if your business doesn't have a Google My Business that is tied to your account, if you're not doing every step of the way to play within their parameters, and that's what I think the biggest change has been, is because of the walled garden approach where you're either doing this with Facebook or you're doing it with Google, you're playing within the parameters that they set out. Most people have embraced that, but there are still some people that try to fight it, like they're gonna beat the system. Okay, there will be one out of every hundred million people that find a way to beat the system. Otherwise, you got to work in the parameters and you got to know what the parameters are before you do it. So one of the biggest changes that you see in in SEO these days is everything is very content based. Okay, LinkedIn, Google, Facebook, they want you to stay within their ecosystems. How do you do that? By offering more engaging content. So they all want you to stay there. So they are rewarding websites. It used to be images were great. No, you need video content now. You need content that is not being found anywhere else. Because if it's going to go through your site and find that you have six AP feeds, why are they coming to your site? The AP has it already. So it is that that is the biggest change. Yeah, you wanted you got to have the content organic to the site you're on, and and, you know I think a lot of people um, miss that, or they just want to uh, maybe post content in one place let's let's say youtube if they're in videos and, and and that's fine for youtube search but when you start looking at other things you just start to uh um lessen your likelihood of having that content be relevant yeah and relevant that's the, that's the that's, biggest word it has to be relevant content because for too long people were just throwing garbage out there and just thinking it was content so here's a couple of things that that, that personalization yeah personalization is very important. So your website has to be different things to different people. And how does Google know that? Well, because anything you put there is being stolen and used elsewhere. So don't kid yourself for a second. Second one, user-generated content. This is a really big one nowadays. Do you have platforms for reviews? Are you letting people submit? Are there blog posts? How are you letting users engage with it? Because again, if they're engaging, they're staying on the internet. Um, Live chat, again, have not had good experiences with this one. I know it's a bot. By the time I get somebody, it connects. Uh, in fact, you want to guys, you want to know a funny, funny, easy story. If you ever want to get what you want from Comcast, try to chat with somebody about oh, what you God. need. The person is in another country. Then show up at the Comcast store, slap the the transaction on the, the the chat transcript on this thing, and be like, "Look what I just dealt with. You'll get whatever you want. I've done it five times easily." Um, and then you got cater to your shopping cart, which is really important. Like. Ultimately, if you are selling a good for us, it's not a shopping cart. It is streaming. Yeah. Cater to that. That has to be the focus. If you are if you are selling a good, why would you have anything else be the call to action? Why would anything else be there? That is the one thing that is there. Um, and the last one is a responsive website design. Um, for me, that was our biggest change. Responsive in the sense that if the Braves are in a tight game, does the website reflect the fact that the Braves are in this game and you yes. should consume us now? Those those are the ones that are those are the biggest steps to SEO nowadays. And look. It's going to change in two weeks, probably. Well, that's the biggest thing. I mean, you know, is talking to a lot of people who've been in this space, you know, for years. It's Google's always changing, yeah. right? And they, you know, these are experts that have a hard time keeping up with the latest change in the algorithms, the latest focus, et cetera. So, um, like you said, it, trying to beat the system, you're not going to. It's it ultimately who cares if you beat the system or not. The goal is. You know, what What are you trying to bring in, all right? What level of investment are you looking to spend? 
and how much are you trying to improve either your revenue or your profitability? Right. And, and, some, and, and what are the metrics in which you're using to decide that? Because it might not be e-commerce, but right. you might see a spike in user retention or you might see a spike in employee retention because of the website. That's the other big change. Like it used to be B2B companies didn't need websites. Now everybody needs a website. It doesn't yeah. matter if you're selling copper wiring, you need a website. Even though 10% of the world will ever even care, you need a website nowadays for employee retention. There's so many reasons behind it. Um, so I think you're right also though, you need to hire somebody. You're not doing yeah. this. You're not doing this game yourself. Now, if you implement with somebody and someone trains how to do things daily, update blog posts, clear out bad pages, make sure your hyperlinks are right, link back. It is stuff that can be done. There are tools out there that can be utilized. SEM Rush and others out there are great tools yep. that will help guide you. But you know. You're not going to want to put it in yourself. Yeah, and I right? talked to Chris about that. It's funny yeah. because the first time we did SEM Rush, I mean, the report is is terrifying. Oh. If you have never done SEO in your life and you run that report, I mean, you'll never see more Ds. I mean, put it this way: like you're not even getting out of elementary school with the report card like this. Like yeah. you're screwed. So it is, and it's daunting. But at the same time, a lot of the fixes are much easier than you think. The fixes are like, hey, there's not just Google Maps, Audi, yeah. BMW. They all have their own proprietary systems. Everywhere you're listed makes you show up more on the internet. So there are there are, it's it's more the like we talk about often. It is more the self awareness and the ability to reflect and look. Oh my goodness, I need help. Um, the other thing I will say, just anecdotally, if you put enough time behind it in a big spurt of either money or time, it will pay the dividends for years to come. Yeah. But the recommendation is to use somebody who is updating it monthly and keeping an eye on it all the time. Um, otherwise, people aren't going to find you. No, no question. And, you know, I think that goes back to um, don't view it as a quick fix. I think that um, a lot of people view it as, um, hey, this is something I, I need to jump in, jump out of. I got a little bit of money right now. Business is slow. And it's, that's not the case. You know, you really need to have this as an ongoing part of your marketing budget, your marketing plan. And, you know, think about where you want to be today and where you want to be a year from now. Yeah. And I think as a radio station, when I started here, one of our biggest problems, we were telling people, don't spend money on digital, spend money with us. And let me tell you how yeah. broken that is. Right. Okay? You can do it together. Mass, how could mass media work if when somebody puts your business name in, your top competitor comes up because they're Google bombing you? How right. could that possibly work if you do not have a plan? In fact, one of the, 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 the best things that have come out of you and I doing this show is that if you Google my name because of this show, because it's presence on social media and podcasts and all this stuff, my name comes up first. I'm not saying it's – look, it's not, it's not John Smith, <laughs> but like there's a lot of Greek Nick Constantinos in this country, I promise you, and I show up above it because of this stuff. So sometimes SEO is just that. It's just having content out there with multiple touch points. Um, but if you don't, if you do not have a strategy to how people are going to find you, you are strictly relying on word of mouth advertising, which means your scalability is tiny. There's no scalability for you. And if you're, uh, you know, if you're out in the uh, in the uh, remote areas of uh, Georgia and others, that may be perfect. But if you're in a metro area, you know, you're competing every day with somebody new. So, um, you know, I think one of the, I guess, fails I see sometimes with. Um, people on SEO is, you know, they they push so hard to get leads that they don't really understand if some of those leads are profitable. And, you know, we're, we're talking about there's discounters out there. All right. Do you want discounters for whatever your product or service may be? And yeah. that's one of the challenges sometimes with quick SEO is it may not bring in exactly who you're looking no. for. But, you know, it might be a strategy to, to, 
build your leads and your page views to index you higher to start with. But again, it's part of a strategy. Right. It's got to be, and, that, and actually, so we're gonna we're gonna in the in the next segment we're gonna talk with Chris Williams, and and Chris has done this for a bunch of home improvement companies. He leases out car rentals, high end car rentals. His finger is on the pulse of how to do this and what the changes are. And that's one of the big things he says is like, look, I, my job is not to get you leads. My job is to get you good leads. And exactly. if your website is set up for it, and that's keywords. Right? There's a difference between $5 t-shirts and $600 t-shirts. Yes. Are you keywording associated with that? And that's what it is. Like you said, t-shirts, you're dead. You're never gonna compete Pete. with these massive. So what is your niche? Do you know it? And how are you using SEO to, to benefit? No, that's, it's so important. I'm glad we got Chris here to uh, kind of talk through that. And um, you know, just uh, again, I've seen that as a big fail over time and then people get frustrated with uh, with digital marketing and, and they really shouldn't. So uh, you've been listening to the Marketing Men Men on Extra 106.3. We'll be right back. Is this the year you want to grow your business? Do you want to expand your team? Build a new office? Hey, it's Tug, and I want to tell you about First Liberty Building and Loan. Aren't you exhausted by going to lenders, building a relationship, and a week later, you're dealing with a new person? You won't have to with First Liberty Building and Loan. The Frost family has been helping businesses grow since the 90s, and they can help you too. They know the patterns, they know the ebbs and flows, and they know business. Now the Frost family wants to know you. FirstLibertyGA.com. Buying a building, building a building, buying a franchise, or expanding. Reach out and spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a fit for them and if they're a fit for you. FirstLibertyGA.com. By the way, if you're a young banker and you want to work with a team that's faith-friendly with a culture of excellence, First Liberty might be a good match. Reach out to First Liberty Building and Loan at FirstLibertyGA.com. That's FirstLibertyGA.com. Now back to the Marketing Mad Men on Extra 106.3 FM. Welcome back to the Marketing Mad Men. We've been talking about digital marketing. We talk about it a lot, actually. Uh, but now we got somebody who's actually in the thick of it. So with me, I have Mr. Chris Williams from Elite Web Professionals. Uh, and Chris is in the thick of this right now between the clients, the web designs, the SEO, uh, all the things that... Uh, years ago, people were just doing to do. Now you have to do it. If your website is not optimized, if it is not meant for people to find you, what is the point of your other forms of advertising? So I really think it is the tide that brings everything together. So let's get with Chris. Let's ask him some questions and let's find out what it's like, like on the streets. Chris, how are you doing, my man? Doing excellent, man. How are you? Uh, I'm, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. I'm, I'm excited that we have a chance to actually have somebody who's in the fire and, and doing this business as an entrepreneur also, because there are some big companies out there. Um, I don't think people trust them. Uh, the stories I've heard of, of the Googles of the world and how they do business. Um, so what's real, most important to me, how did you get into the industry? Um, how long have you been doing it? Um, and we'll, we'll, we'll use that as a jumping off point. So I've been doing websites for over 13 years. Okay. I started out with a Yellow Page company. Um, shout out to uh, yellowbook.com. Okay. Um, they actually were growing in the market and they realized that people were transitioning from, pay, from, from print to digital. And I was a part of that transition. Okay. It taught me how to make websites and I just fell in love with it. Yeah. And, and websites, I mean, it's such a broad stroke. I mean, what they look like 13 years ago to now, you know, what people's application are. Some are 50 pages, some are 600 pages, some should be five pages, some should be 200 pages. So that is a broad thing. Um, what is your favorite part about designing websites? And what do you think people most misunderstand about designing websites? I think 
if I was to think the most misunderstood thing about making websites is a, the concept of it's only for leads. Um, that's one of the tools that you can use your website for. Okay. You can generate leads. You can use it as a tool to generate uh, uh, new employees. You can okay. use it to help with your sales process. You can use your website to uh, take payments. So there's so many different ways you can use your website. The actual website should be a solution to your users' problems and to your problems as a business owner. Make your job easier as well as the people who are searching for what you do. Yeah, one of the biggest changes that I've seen is the B2B space and people who didn't really see consumers ultimately did not have good websites. They didn't feel the need for it. Nowadays, everybody needs a website. It doesn't matter who you're selling, what the good is going to. If you ever, not even, if you don't even expect a purchase to happen on that website, it's still better to do a damn good job of telling the story of who you are. Um, and I like what you said about recruitment. That's one that is, you know, when people go to, look, to go to look for a job and they go to your website, it's a bad website, what do you think they think about you? Now, at the same time, I've also seen the, the best companies in the world with terrible websites, and mm -hmm. I've seen the most terrible companies in the world with the best websites. Right. So sometimes it's not always a direct correlation to what kind of business you are, but still the need for it is there. So, um, so what's your favorite part about designing? Is it mapping this out? Is it the actual visual punch that goes into it? Is it helping a client see the vision of their business? What's your favorite part of it? Well, I'm an SEO, so my favorite part is going to be making it come up on Google. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I play basketball. Every time I make the, a, a three-point shot, the, the sound it makes when it goes in the net is, is my thing. Well, when I see a website go to the first page of Google, um, I still get goosebumps. I get so excited about it. Um, re realizing that now this client is going to make money, um, yeah, that, that's, that's my passion. Yeah, and, you know, you know these stats better than I do, but, you know, if you're not on that first page, you might as well not be listed. Like, I don't think I've ever looked deeper in my entire life. Like, you might as well not be listed. And and just give an idea of how competitive it is to be on that first page. I mean, if you talk about, um, you know, let's talk about our buddy Dan Watkins. Like, you know, there's still a lot of garage door companies. Mm. How how many companies are trying to fight for that space um, in, in, a, in a given industry? So when you do a Google search for a particular keyword, it may be millions of results that come up. Those millions of results are not all separate websites. They're individual pages that sure. you're competing against. So if you look at it that way, you're just competing to show that this page is better than all those other pages, not sites in itself. So that, that, that helps with your competition. And that's how they're indexed by page and score and backlinks and everything. So each page is treated as its own entity in theory based on that keyword. Based on that keyword. So okay. that, that gives you the opportunity to, to break down your competition. Um, what I found is... The company that has the ability to separate themselves with their uh, title, description, keywords, um, the most relevance on the content of their page. Um, do you have videos on your page that show the service that you offer? The and pictures. That's a new thing, right? That video has really come into prevalence as I've seen the TikToks of the world, and there's so much focus on content and micro content that Google adjusted those algorithms to benefit people who use video. Correct. 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 And and. and and I don't mean to throw you off, but I think this is the kind of conversation it is. How did you find out about that? Google didn't send you a look and a thing and say, here's the algorithm. Were you, is it you're just attuned to it? Do you have a resources where you go to see what the algorithms are? Because I've always been told Google keeps that algorithm fresh to make sure they're making as much money as possible, like when it comes down to it. So that's a great question. So every time you're competing in a space, you only have to be better than your com competition. So video was a great tool to use 10 years ago, but right. you didn't have to because nobody was adding video right. to their web page. 
And so, you're, you're probably so, in the tweener phase now where so, everybody's starting to use it, so it might not be as valuable. With the introduction of AI, with the introduction of uh, all these new companies who are, who are learning how to add these meta tags and things to their website, now you have to optimize your website outside of the box. You can't just do the regular meta description, your, your keywords. Because doing it automatically for you. A lot of people you're plugging are, in a, a blog post that could turn into a video for you. For exactly. Right now. Yeah. So now you're going to need to separate yourself with another level of value that you're bringing to Google to show why my website is still better than theirs in spite of the fact that they've they've now included some of these basics. And I'm going to bet that there's going to be a point. So I do know that, for example, if you post on your website links to other articles, for us, we're a news source. When we were posting AP articles, Google would ding us. Because in theory, it's like, why the hell did anyone want to go to your site if you're just posting other people's sites? I bet you there's going to be a point where it's going to know what's AI and reward people for making their own content. Well, that's happening now. And even though they, even though Bard, even though they have their own AI, but I have to imagine that that's got to be something. It's happening now, and it's not happening exactly in that way. Uh, a lot of AI content is duplicate content. This just taking information yeah. from another website and rewording it. And that's if all you it's put doing. that on it's your website, the internet, pulling it together, exactly. the inputs to make outputs. So everything is real. In theory, everything is intellectual property theft to some extent. So you have to, if you're going to use that tool, there's there are ways that you can get to add your unique skills, your unique, your unique information to the AI so that when it brings you the information out, it's still yours. It's not all copied from someone else's information. And you still, once again, have to go in and edit that content even after you receive it. And so I do feel like that is kind of going to create another correction, as you said, from Google, because they're going to have to get rid of all the content that's not really from a company that's viable, a company that's right. actually providing a service, right. they're literally just trying to generate clicks. Because then without... it'll be at the detriment to the consumers because when they're Correct. searching, they're going to be searching for, in theory, fake things or big companies who are pretending to be small. There's a million ways. I mean, I just saw today that there's an influence out there on Instagram that is completely artificially made up. The whole persona of the person, that, that, that person is worth $80 million because it is all made up and because if you don't actually have a person who has to decide whether to do these things, it's computer-generated content and... I don't want to say it, but people are falling for it right now. That's right. People are falling for it right now. They don't know. And like, let's be clear, most of the internet is sleight of hand. It's a trick. It's distraction. It's trying to get you here. Everyone is fighting for your attention. Everything, every content, social media, everyone wants your eyeballs and your attention. Um, So I, look, I think it's fascinating. Uh, What are some pitfalls that you see when you're dealing with businesses, when they're designing websites, when they're talking SEO? What are some things that they've done wrong? And what are some concepts they just don't grasp about this has to how this has to all come together. Not having a budget in mind, you know, uh, they'll have a budget to do everything else for their company. You know, uh, build out their office, hire employees, get all the, the the best equipment. But when it comes down to having a marketing budget, many companies just don't have an idea of what they want to spend. Um, I start the start from how much money you want to make, and then build a budget from there for your marketing. Okay. Um, I think that. SEO should be a major part of any marketing budget because if you spend money on television, for sure. If they look for your, if they try to look for your company on the internet and you're not there, you just pay for advertising for another one of your competitors. For sure. If you pay advertising on the radio, once again, they may be looking for you. They know you by name. They may not know you by name, but they're looking for what you do. If you're not there, you just spend money on advertising for your competitors. So for the first place you need to start should be with your website and SEO. Yeah, I think it's a great point. I think one of the things you see when companies start up is the second they get to a point of viability, their competitors are just stealing those clicks on those keywords so they can show up higher as an ad. And you're right, if you don't have that plan. And I think it's funny because it's a, it's a similar thing we deal with in just media marketing. 
you can't look at this as an expense. This is an investment. A website is as important of an infrastructure piece as your office or your factory. If you mm -hmm. don't look at it that way, you are screwed. But I still have to imagine, mostly, you're talking probably under two, $3 million companies, right? If you're starting to get Correct. to 10, 20, 30 million dollars, you have to figure this out because you have scale. Well, you know, sometimes people are just successful because they're in the right ditch. You know, yeah. sometimes you get, you know, my number one objective is word of mouth customers is where I get all my business, yeah. you know? And what I always tell people is, is that number one, word of mouth, Customers will always be your number one source of lead generation. If I generate For you, anything. A, if I generate you a customer today from my website, that customer will then turn around and generate you more four more leads. So even though I may generate you a hundred, they're going to turn around and get you four more leads, which makes your word of mouth still your best form of advertising. If you do your job, Absolutely. you can get them to the website. That doesn't mean that the customer service is there when they have to go through. That doesn't mean the product that they're buying is good because that's also a delineation. Marketing's job is to make word of mouth. If you do your job right. right, it's to get people in the door. The, the, the experience they have at the party, they have no influence there. You want to get the right customers because one of the things that I have found, people have a really hard That's time. That's very true. Have a hard time uh, understanding that it's not always about the number of leads, it's the quality of leads. That's right. For lots of reasons. The most important one is staffing is short right now. You can't mm -hmm. be wasting your time chasing bad leads. They take a receptionist job, they take someone answering the phone, they take your salespeople, they take your CRM system. That's They're right. taking so much time out of it. So are you getting good leads? And if you're being cheap, with your leads, you're not going to get good leads. So you may check off a box as a marketing director. Right. Oh, I got a million leads, but are you tracking the conversion rate? How about the lifetime value? I think it's one of the biggest misconceptions right now is everyone's so focused on leads, and I don't think that that is where the emphasis should be put. I think that what makes uh, search in general such a powerful tool to generate leads is because people are actually looking for what you're doing. You know, when you're on Instagram, Facebook, you're driving down the street, see a billboard, you're actually not thinking about the service that's being advertised to you. But when you're in, when you're in search, whether it's paid or organic, the person is doing research or trying to get information about the product or service you serve. That, uh, in many cases, will help you generate a, a better lead. If you actually marry that with the concept of trying to build the relationship with that lead, sure. you know, you actually have an email list. You actually you, you take that concept of, of, of trying to educate your customer, then you will find that your conversion rates go through the roof. Yeah, and, and the way we liken it is the funnel, right? You, That's right. The, you, I'm glad you have people at the top of the funnel. The brand is out there. And I'm glad you get people at the conversion point. But what are you doing to take somebody who's heard of you to somebody who buys from you? That middle of the funnel is, I think, the most misunderstood. And I think that the internet has done a better job of showing that they're more than just the top and the bottom, that they are the middle. And that's where I think SEO plays its most important thing. So is many people think of SEO as if some type of way of manipulating Google to put your website number one. Being the best website is what makes gives you the best opportunity to be, be number one. And that means giving the user all the information they need, whether it's how much, where, when, how, what they need to make that buying decision. And that in turn builds that relationship that, that it creates a funnel inside of the website. Yeah to answer their needs and queries. And, and I'm glad you said that, but I'm gonna counter and say that most most people I've interacted with don't look at it that way. They are trying to trick the system. And I know because I get 300 emails a day of somebody saying, can you put a link to my content on the site? We'll pay you. And right. all they're trying to do, we have a pretty high authority score That's right. because of our connection with the Braves in Georgia. And those are real connections. We are connected with every sports entity in town, SEC championship, right. ESPN. So our, our um, 
our score is probably the last time I checked in the low 70s, which is pretty damn good. That's very it's good. It's pretty damn good. That's so, But good. that's a public domain. So everybody knows that. So they're trying to backlink and set up all these connections. Correct. That's gaming the system. That's cheating the system. If you're paying for those things to make those connections, is it really who's it really helping? Correct. So I think one of the problems, and I think one of the things your industry has faced, is there have been so many bad actors that come in and either try to just overcharge to automate or they use it to trick the system as opposed to teaching somebody, look, when you're making video content, if you make video good, good video content, Google will know. That's right. And it's not even Google will know because people watch it. People don't even have to watch it. Just the way the meta tags are set up and the keywords and the blog posts, those are helping indexing so Google knows what your page does. Is that correct? That's correct. And what we need to do with our website, we need to actually think about the pain points our users have. Uh, what 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 do they need? And we need to use interactive tools and calculators on our website to provide solutions for our, our, yeah. our users. I love the heat map. That's my favorite one. Absolutely. To see a heat map of a website is like life changing because you can't f with that man. It's, it shows you right in front of you where people right. are clicking, where they ignore. That is my that is a tool that I think. Do you use that a lot? Do you see clients using that a lot? I mean, it sounds Absolutely. so if simple. You, but if you can see the keywords that are coming in, what they're searching for. You now have an idea of what they need, what information they need. That's when you go and create a new page. That's when you create a new interactive tool on your website. And if you're taking the feedback that you're getting from your analytics, you will have the ability to know exactly what will constitute the best website. And the better job you do of answering the needs of your users, the better job, the, the more traffic Google rewards you with for free. Yeah, and I think it's, it's a great point too because you know when you look at those keywords, maybe you're showing up more for a niche keyword, which means it's cheaper per click and cheaper per CPM than just putting a broad scope, right? The broader Absolutely. you are, the more expensive it is, the more competition you have. But maybe there's a niche you're doing that you don't even know about. If you're not looking at these things, you're never gonna know. Yeah, I, I love it, man. I think, That's very true. I think in the world we're in, we used to, as a radio media company, we used to say like, spend money with us, not digital. And that is insane. And in the past five years, I've done very hard to change that too. If you are not, if you don't have a website that has clear call to action, your radio money is worthless, right? Like you can get to a page, but I have, I, we have, we're dealing with a client today. His mobile website is so poor that there, mm -hmm. you can't see any, there's no call to action. So there's not even a way to contact them. Mm -hmm. So you could say every message you want in the, in the radio commercial, and but if missing there's money. A, you're missing money, you're missing mm -hmm. leads, you're missing conversions. Now we have systems, attribution systems that show us where paths stop and where people, so I'm able to educate people. We weren't able to, mm -hmm. um, but I see it day after day after day. It is not always, and sometimes the, the owners don't want to hear what you have to say or they, they, they think they know better. Like you deal with those people all the time. Mm -hmm. But I have just found that the industry is riddled with, with, with either people who are oversimplifying it or overcomplicating it because they don't want to actually have these conversations that you're having. Well, see, there's a couple of things. I found that many customers have a lot of, and I, and I, I say many businesses have a lot of customers and they don't always need new jobs. So if I'm in a place where I don't need a lot of customers from your advertising, I feel like I don't need a website at all. But there's other purposes of sure. your website. What okay? about a portal for current customers? What about the upsell? What if they're a customer now? You still want them to be a future customer. Exactly. And so if you use the website for those solutions, if something changes in the future where you do need your website as a source of leads, you have a tool to use to the do the You have the infrastructure to use to, to generate the, those types of leads. And so... You know, a lot of this is just giving them that information and showing them that, okay, look, you got great leads, you got a great business, your customers are coming in, but you also need to provide the solution from people who are searching because this other company is, you, your competitor is using the, uh, the internet in this way and they're taking advantage of your market share. Yeah, so I will say, 
about three years ago, for, for shoot, when COVID first started, uh, we all were like, what the heck do we do now? And I remember we invested a lot of time and effort in our digital initiatives. And one of the things I remember is that first SEO report that we got. And there are a lot of D's and, D's and F's yes. and C's on there. And I, I encourage everybody, this is not an attack on you if your report comes back poor. A lot of these things are not things that you are ever going to understand. I didn't understand half of it. When it was talking about how you have to lay out the tables that show the structure of the site so it can be indexed easier, and it was crazy to see. But right now, for whoever's listening, go go to SEO Rush. It'll give you a free example of what, they're, what the yes, flaws Simrush. are. Simrush.com. Simrush. It'll give you an example of what. Now, I'm not saying you have to go spend money with them. I'm just saying to see for yourself what the problems with your website are. Half are gonna be, oh, you know what? That's an easy fix, I should have done that. But half are gonna be, I have no idea what this is. That is how complicated it is. And I promise you, it's not gonna get easier. It is only gonna get harder. You need somebody who is there, who can respond, and who is actively trying to build and maintain the status of your website. Otherwise, your competitors are gonna pass you by one after another. And with that information, if you look at your report and you see that you have Ds and Fs, you understand why you're not ranking. That's an opportunity to see, okay, if I fix these things, I have a chance to get in the game. And so just taking the steps to correct some of these things, which in many cases are very simple. When when I show my clients what's missing on their website, many times they're amazed at, oh, that's so, that makes so much sense. You know, I just make, I break it down to a way where you understand what's being done for your website. You understand what tools are being used to get you visibility. And by the time we're done with our meeting, they understand why it will work, why I have a 100% success rate to get my clients ranked number one on Google and getting them phone calls as a result yeah. of being on the first page. Yeah, and I think what's important too is that you cannot just do think this is gonna be a one-time cost, like a one-time thing. Correct. This has to be a sustained thing and it has to, you have to have, like everything else, you have to have a relationship. If you're just doing this via email, you're, you're just not gonna get as much out of it. So um, you know, talk about that a little bit. Talk about what the day-to-day -day or the, you know, the monthly maintenance looks like and why it's just not a one-time thing. So the first thing you're gonna do when you're trying, you're gonna do an analysis of your website to see what your website looks like, okay? So now that you've done that, now you need to know what your competitors are doing. How many pages do they have on their website and, how, and what's their website look like? Once you have those two pieces of information, you know, now know what you need to start on. If, that's, if your competitor has 300 pages and that's the, for the top 10 websites, that's how many pages they have, you now know that, okay, I'm going to need to be somewhere in that range of information to compete in this marketplace. Um, different industries require different levels of competition. You, uh, a, you know, an attorney it will require a certain level of competition, whereas a glass repair company right. will not, right? right? And, that's, and that's how much the, even the clicks cost. Because I know, like, for example, insurance is the number one. It's like $18 a click is insane. That's right. insane to think about. And it. if you'd imagine how large is an insurance website, they probably have thousands and thousands of pages talking about anything from home insurance, health insurance, auto insurance, different all different markets ways. markets have different things, flood insurance here. Exactly. There's a million different assets they have, too. So when you're looking at how you compete in your area, that's how you start. You should figure out how much. So let's say, for example, we got a website that you need 150 pages. Well, you're not going to start off with 150 pages when you first launch your site. You're going to start off with 30, 50 pages. To, probably, I, I recommend starting off with 50 pages when, it, when it's a competitive area. So if you start off with those 50 pages, now you monthly need to add additional pages to your, to your site to give yourself an opportunity to compete.
Yeah, and that's like simple things like blog posts. So you have the SEO that shows up for certain different categories of what you do, right? So like again, state by state, maybe it's got to be you got to index for all the things in which you do. So Correct. you find so you're findable across all of the different parts of your business. So now it's understood. You need a landing page for every service and every area that you provide. So. This, this glass repair company, if you serve all the areas in the metro Atlanta area, you need a, a landing page for each city in the, ser- in, in the city that you, uh, you serve. Yeah, yeah, I love it, man. I mean, this has flown by. This has been a hell of a conversation. Um, any parting advice to somebody who is looking in the mirror and saying, man, I really need to get into this? How do they start? Because it's daunting. So it's simple. Uh, if you're looking for a company to work with, I don't recommend trying to find someone overseas. That could be of a, a, a huge waste of time. I just recommend going to Google, looking for a SEO company in your area. And if you see a company dominating Atlanta website design or Atlanta SEO, nine times out of 10, that company's demonstrated certain skills and certain talents to be able to dominate in their niche. Yeah. So if they're able to do that, which is website design or SEO. Yeah. Yeah. So if they can beat their peers, and, and right. trust me, every that. website design company, every love, SEO company want to be I on the first that. page. Because even if they are tricking the system, they're smart enough to trick the system. In a if they can do space, it, right, I love that. Nine love times that out of ten, they can do the same thing for your business as well. I, I love that honesty. Well, let's 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 ignore what he just said and pretend that they're going to only come to you. So why don't you give them the website and where they can find you? Uh, my company is Elite Web Professionals. I'm based in Atlanta, Georgia. My website is advertisingbusiness.org. I'm, my job is to make you money. Awesome. Well, I love it, man. I appreciate it. Uh, We'll be right back after this, and you're listening to The Marketing Mad Men on Extra 106.3. What are your plans for your business this year? Hey, it's Tug. Do you want to expand and grow? Aren't you exhausted by going to lenders, building a relationship, and a week later, you got a new person to deal with? You have to start all over again? You don't have that with First Liberty Building and Loan. The Frost family has been helping businesses grow since the 90s, and they want to know you. Unlike big banks, they want to partner with you. The Frost family knows the patterns. They know the ebbs and flows. They know business. Get to know them at FirstLibertyGA.com. Building a building? Buying a building? Buying a franchise? Expanding? Reach out to them. Spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a fit for them and if they're a fit for you. You do that at FirstLibertyGA.com. And by the way, if you're a young banker and want to work with a team that is faith-friendly and has a culture of excellence, First Liberty might be a good match. Reach out to them today. First Liberty Building and Loan. FirstLibertyGA.com. That's FirstLibertyGA.com. Now back to the Marketing Mad Men on Extra 106.3 FM. Welcome back to the Marketing Mad Men. Trip Job and Nick Constantino here. You know, that was uh, great having Chris on talking about SEO and, and, you know, so many things that people need to think about and be doing. Um, you know, I think I think we've hit a lot of the key points, um, but digital is a big category. And, you know, one of the things that uh, comes up to mind is, you know, what are just some of the the big fails and why do companies keep doing things the way they're doing? Besides as you said, uh, social media ad bombing. Um, I think my biggest, and, and this may be more with automated, um, it can be the bots we talked about before, but it more so with the phone systems is when you call in and they need your information, you touch tone your you know, date of birth or whatever else, you get a live person and they ask for the same information. I'm like, why are you investing in all of this? 
I mean, it just drives me freaking what do you mean? crazy. Because they want you to hang up the phone and not deal yeah. with customer service. Right. They make it so hard that they just want you to hang up the phone in utter disgust. Uh, That's why. Yeah. I mean, there's, it's like, how many, and then they transfer you to another department. Yeah. Uh, may I have your uh, date of birth? And you're talking omni-channel right now. You're oh, talking I'm your talking phone big system, omni-channel, your, yeah. fo- your phone system, your HR department, Department. your training department, your digital. You're you talking that, that whole thing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you, you invest this money and they don't connect. I mean, that's what ultimately what it comes down to is they're using it um, as a verification for live. They're not connecting their systems and their platforms together. And, and remember so, now, nowadays, everything is a system. And if you have eight systems that have to talk with each other, okay. if one goes down, the whole chain falls apart. Yeah. As opposed to the good old days where someone answering a phone and it may have to, you may have to speak in the alpha phonetic code with tangos and ox, foxtrots to do it, but at least you get your point yeah. across. Yeah. Uh, I think my biggest fail, and I've seen this too many times, someone comes in, they invest all this money in a website, so much money, and they don't realize that 80% of the people are looking on their phone. And yeah. they make it for a desktop, no. and they don't realize that the scale, if you're not making it, uh, iframe codes only work so far. If you're not making yeah. it for a phone where people conduct the most of the transactions, you're screwed. We had a guy, our, our attribution software has allowed us to see a lot pass where people go, what they're coming in on. And this guy has not got any phone calls, okay? Yeah. But he has, he, we're the only, he's getting 70, 80, 90 people to his website a day. So, why is he not getting calls? First off, when they bring up the phone on mobile where 80% of the traffic is coming from, the phone number doesn't even show. It's right. not even above the fold. It right. is just, it's just not scaled and built for the internet. So then all of a sudden now, whose fault is it? Is it the marketing company's fault or is it the poor web design? Now the difference is we're having those conversations now. So I think yeah. for me, it is not understanding the, the what you're embarking on or working for a quick fix. And the quick fix is someone designed the website for the desktop and didn't realize that 80% of your traffic is coming from mobile. Yeah, no, that's a great one. Um, Another one I see a lot in B2B is people who speak um, in an internal industry language, right? And they don't speak with what a lot of their customers use. So whether it's acronyms, whether it's technical terminology, and they put things on their website um, that 90% of their customers don't don't understand. It's Jargon. jargon, right? And they go, oh, no, but... This is, you know, the specific. We got to talk about it this way. Well, you understand it, but do your customers understand it? Yeah, and so. it, it, that's another great one. And I think that when you do that, when you when you go jargony, like there's ways to to put that indexing on Google without showing it. Yeah. Like you can have it as a hidden blog. It doesn't have to be on the page because that's part of SEO. You need to be very technical because Google has to know what you're talking about. But that doesn't mean it has to be there. Just t- tuck it away in the back. That's what blogs, there's yeah. you know many blog pages exist in the world that no one's ever seen in their entire life. They are to get Google to index you better. Right. So, and then there's always the AKA, you know, this. So you, you put the more common terminology and things like that. I mean, even, you know, talking about um, home improvement. I mean, a lot of people, do they know what soffits mean, right? Or, you know, other type of things within uh, a house, you know, and, and uh, remodeling type of work. But they understand, oh, you know, I've got a problem with my roof line. Okay. So should you talk about roof line or should you talk about the components of the roof line? Yeah. Yeah, man, there's so many ways to go about this one. Yeah. Another one that, I, that drives me crazy is you go on a website, you look at a product, and then not only are they retargeting you, but now they have your email address, and then you're sending oh. you 500 other emails about something. I mean, again, like, get a clue. You, you're, And I, look, we, we, we're marketers for a living, right? So yeah. our perception of this is different. But I cannot imagine for you to sit and me, me to look to buy something and then all of a sudden somehow you're emailing me with this information is a rewarding thing for most people. I can't imagine to be. So 
tone it down a notch. Yeah. Let me ask for the content before you try to shove it down my throat. That's another big problem. They're trying to shove so much down your throat all the time. Like spam filters, catch it, do they catch it, do they not catch it? Are they tricking a spam filter? Make sure you build demand for people to ask for your content, not shove it down their throat. There's, um, uh, you know, we talk about personalization, which is important, but um, I had one actually this week and um, uh, I got, this was, I think the second or third email from a, you know, lead generation type person. And, um, you know, I, I actually laughed. And it's one of the few times I actually responded. And, um, you know, hi, Trip. I'm following up um, uh, on my last email. And then he goes on and on. He goes, we have helped. This is my title. Title fits right. in there. We have helped VP sales dash forest value chain uh Comma, North America's in the information no services. Way. Oh my God. That's How many a- of those titles exist in the country? Zero. It's you. <laughs> exactly. That's it. yeah. So I literally responded back and Good I said, you. Really, Warren? See the highlight below. I can pretty much guarantee you there's no one else in the country with this title. And, you know, it's like if if I'm looking at you to be, you know, someone who's going to provide me insights into my marketing and you don't look and understand how you are sending out your, you know, automated emails then I'm not going to hire you. Yeah. I mean, it, that's just an ultimate fail. Most of them just go, you know, delete, delete, delete. But that one, I, I no, truly laughed. I had, to, I had to respond. You know, back. ironically, I have the counterpoint to that. So we've been talking about our app now. And it's not a website, but it's the same freaking thing. And we're saying, oh, we got to redo the app. It's so unuser friendly. It has 12,000 reviews on Apple with 4.7 stars. So why, in God's name, yeah. would we change something to which these systems are saying is working? Our yeah. perception is it's not always reality. So sometimes you go the other way and you think something's terrible when the data sh- clearly shows something different. And I will promise you, we are not smart enough to trick Apple. I yeah. promise you, there is no tomfoolery going on here. We wouldn't know how to do it in the first place. So this was the old-fashioned, we have real fans right. and the real fans all they want is to consume the content the delivery method they can get it and they press stream and they can stream why are we overcomplicating this so yeah. that's a, that's the other side of it but sometimes you get too fancy and too slick and it just doesn't work yeah and the, the last one i'll hit is and, and again i don't have to deal with this quite as much anymore but every now and then you just have to deal with is oh well my my spouse um is a fan of you know this social media or this platform and doesn't understand why we're not advertising or marketing on that platform yeah, that's your favorite okay. one, man. Yeah, it's just like, wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe, why don't you hire your spouse and I'll go uh, do something else? You know, I mean, ultimately, <laughs> there's a strategy behind every medium. How does it fit in? How does it use? Like we've talked about, experimental budgets going to those things will not hurt. I mean, we have this conversation internally. Like, yeah. what's the difference between a basketball fan and a baseball fan? Well, apparently, there's a lot more than I ever thought there was because we target baseball fans a lot more than we do basketball fans. Do you think there'd be crossover? Um, so, again, Look, another fascinating conversation. Uh, thank you for Chris for being on. I think having that point of view from someone who does it is really important. And look, get, just spend the money, take the time, find good yeah. partners, make all your marketing work together, and you will be doing just fine. Yeah, no, and I think that's the key. And and look, if you need some uh, advice into, you know, how do you hire them or when you interview them, you know, get their references. They're gonna, you know, someone who's, um, you know, got a good reputation is going to give you references too. Ask how they approach your your market, all right? If someone is only in the uh, home improvement market and you're in financial services and they don't understand, it's probably not going to be a good fit. So, um, you know, I think those are the key things. What do they know about your business? Do they want to ask questions about your business? Um, if, if they're a cookie-cutter approach, 
then those are the ones I always say be wary of. Um, be very wary. There's a lot of people out there to screw you. The digital yeah. industry is ripe with people, yeah. and not even always by their fault, just by how the hierarchy is set up that are out there for you. Yeah. So be careful. So great. Well, again, great episode. Uh, thanks, Chris and uh, Nick. Until next week, we've been listening to the Marketing Mad Men on Extra 106.3. Is this the year you want to grow your business? Do you want to expand your team, build a new office? Hey, it's Tug, and I want to tell you about First Liberty Building and Loan. Aren't you exhausted by going to lenders, building a relationship, and a week later, you're dealing with a new person? You won't have to with First Liberty Building and Loan. The Frost family has been helping businesses grow since the 90s, and they can help you too. They know the patterns, they know the ebbs and flows, and they know business. Now the Frost family wants to know you. FirstLibertyGA.com. Buying a building, building a building, buying a franchise, or expanding. Reach out and spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a fit for them and if they're a fit for you. FirstLibertyGA.com. By the way, if you're a young banker and you want to work with a team that's faith-friendly with a culture of excellence, First Liberty might be a good match. Reach out to First Liberty Building and Loan at FirstLibertyGA.com. That's FirstLibertyGA.com.